And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First, self-evaluation is not a bad thing. There are at least 10 references in the New Testament to do so. There's a moment when Jesus challenges the disciples at the Last Supper. He makes a statement that one of his followers will betray him. This is our worst fear if we are authentic believers. You know, it's so funny that this was all set up last week, this whole show. It's so amazing. We cannot escape that Jesus chose the 12, so he purposely chose someone who would betray him. But we examine how all the other disciples respond. You'll find that very fascinating. Next, you are not a blockhead. <laughs> is that a great way to open a show? Not a blockhead. I am not a nitwit most of the time. Uh, but when it comes to ministry and being a vessel of the Lord, we have a rather unique capacity, and that's because our competency is not from our own strength, power, or wisdom. Our proficiency comes directly from God, bypassing much of our rocks for brains. Thank God, get it? It doesn't fully depend on us. <laughs> Amen. And finally, it's important to note that while our competency comes from God, we are not in a, a state of suspended animation during our engagements with and for God. He gives us talents, gifts, abilities, stewardships to be used for his glory and honor. That means that we have to operate with a wee bit of faith, a wee bit of risk, a wee bit of trust, a wee bit of boldness, and sometimes some good old-fashioned sweat. To that end, to insult God as the giver always seems like a bad idea, but how do we insult him? By burying the stewardships that he has given us. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavily talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us directly, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. It should come to me live. Let me make sure my line is up there. There we go. Okay, uh, david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. I don't know if your phone will be charged. I don't think so, but it guess, I guess it depends on your plan. But if you want to text, that's the way to do it. Don't call that number. Also, you can call us at 972-445-0770. Remember that line we used to use about right is rain? 
but this is a little cooler because when you call 972-445-0770, you'll be talking to Captain Chris. Just like the peaceful, graceful time towards a sunset because you will be... That's a good setup. <laughs> All right, bottom line. Maybe you have a thought, an opinion. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you have a question. This is not a kvetch fest. We do not stand against kvetching. Well, actually, we do because complaining is not really what you're supposed to do. But on this show, we're here about two things primarily. It's Hebrews 3.13, encouraging one another daily, and then Hebrews 10.25, as we see the day of the return of the Lord coming closer and closer. So we want you to be able to encourage one another, strengthen one another. Sometimes asking a question does that. Sometimes uh, a sh- sharing a prayer request helps other people to hear that they're not the only ones going through struggles. Sometimes a praise report gives people confidence that God answers arenas that they've been struggling with and they hear that there's an answer and it lifts them up. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you're just kind of curious about some stuff. Maybe you just want to connect. It's all good. We support all of it. We also do trivia. Here's your first trivia question in the New Testament. Okay. New Testament. Okay. 39 in the old, 27 in the new. This would be the 27 in the new. Elizabeth was the wife of which priest? Think Gospels. There you go. Uh, If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. Before we get into the teachings, there's a couple things I do want to say, very important. One, I'd like some prayer for my wife. She's, uh, I'm just telling you right now, so just give you an idea what's going on. She's going into the um, Valentine's Day kind of period, okay? So I'm going to give you an example of what you, how you need to understand this. So during a busy week, or during a busy, not week, but during a busy season, maybe a couple of days, she could do thirty or $40,000 worth of flower sales in that period, okay, like within a week or whatever. During Valentine's Day, she will do a hundred and fifty dollars to $175,000 worth of flower sales. Who buys that many flowers? Anyway, she just needs prayer to be, you know, stable because <laughs> this is the tough time and uh i'm not the easiest person to live with but i just try to remember this time it's either good to be disappeared or just say yes dear yes dear like every other line anyway so keep my wife in prayer i would greatly appreciate it uh we have somebody on the line they're on the line they were on the line they were on the line then they fell off the line is this like a johnny cash song they were on the line they fell off the line okay I think there's a Johnny Castle. So keep my uh, wife in prayer. That would be a great thing uh, to do. And then don't forget, like I said, if you want bumper stickers and or cards, just let me know, and I'll be glad to coordinate that with you. Um, additionally, uh, they would go out next next week. 
like Monday is kind of when they're going to go out. Okay? So, trivia question. Uh, what is the trivia question? Uh, that's something. In the New Testament, Elizabeth was the wife of which priest? That's what I asked. If you know, 972-445-0770. Don't do anything dangerous if you're calling from a car. Okay? Be careful. And then now uh, you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to david at he must increase. Dot org. Okay, now somebody's calling in, so I'm going to wait to do this incredibly not brilliant teaching. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was a bad teaching. I just said it's not incredibly brilliant kind of thing. All right, we ready? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? It's Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? I'm, I'm doing good. Better today because the sun's shining. <laughs> Ah, love it, love it, love children it. Children of the light, children of the day. We're not children of the night, it's darkness. Oh, any time there's light, I'm, I'm a part of it. That, that's my love and my life. It's the Lord Jesus and the light. That's the right. The, the kingdom and future is. You know, you know what's amazing about that is First John, the, the primary message in First John chapter 1 is God is light, in him is no darkness. And it's just like, that's like the big message that people miss. Like, that's a hugey. That's a biggie right there. Uh, all right, are you ready for this? You ready for this uh, trivia? I just feel like you know this without blinking. Do you, do you think you know this one? All right, here we go. Oh, thanks. All right. In the New Testament, Elizabeth was the wife of which priest? Zachariah. That is correct, Amanda! You are hey, David, right. You, know, you were talking about uh, what you were talking about uh, a while ago. Uh, you know, I've learned through the Word, the Word washes us from the filth of our lives, the cheating, stealing, uh, lying, and the adultery and all that. That's the Word. When you read it, it convicts you and turns you into a, a, from a sinner to a saint. And then uh, the blood of Jesus, Yeshua, of course, cleanses us from all our past sins. So we become new creatures with a new life, and it's a hallelujah to that. Amen. Amen. I mean, what happens when God speaks, things are created. And that's what's so cool is people need to think that's the power that's going on from the very beginning, even now, as we read the Word. He speaks, and it creates yeah. in us life. Yeah. You're a good teacher. I enjoy it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Good health and wealth in Jesus' blood and name. Amen. Jesus' name, amen. All right. Brother Ace, always great to have him. All right. So wait, this this teaching is not going to take long, so don't worry about it. This is this one little thing, and this is really all I want to say. Matthew 26, 2022. When it was evening, he reclined at the table. And they were eating. He said, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. They were very sorrowful and began to say to him to, after one another, is it I? Is it I? It's just simply a self-examination. Nothing wrong with that. Everything right with that. But you need to be careful that you don't self-examine beyond God's declaration. God has declared you to be righteous through Jesus Christ. It is not your job to try to refute him. I know you think it is, but you're wrong. It's not like God is now discovering the sins in your life. Oh, I didn't know he would do that. Okay? This is why we rely on God's grace and mercy and love. And the premise of this whole thing is just one point. It's the one point that I was going to pray over everybody, but it's just as good to right now do it in the teaching. And that is many people need to learn what it is to grow in grace. The scripture says grow in grace, not just you have grace, move on. Grow in it. A nice way to say that would be grow up in it, but we won't say that grow in grace. Grace is awesome. Get more of it is a nice way to say it. 
Okay? All right. I will take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. What is the David Spoon Experience? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Our words will justify us or condemn us. And we understand our words will justify us and condemn us because they reveal our hearts. So therefore, in conclusion, that our words justify us or condemn us because they reveal our hearts, we need to remember and operate and function, and function in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, which says this. And actually, you can even look at verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5.19. Uh, sing and make music in, their, in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know that by your words you're justified and condemned, because you know they reveal your heart, you ought to make sure that you follow the scriptures that Paul commands us to follow, and you ought to be being thankful in everything. You ought to be being thankful in everything. And if you are thankful in everything, that will be a part of your verbalization or your speech, and that will be a revelation as to what's in your heart. Are you a thankful Christian for everything? And you say, well, Dave, I'm thankful that he saved me, but I'm going through this trial, and I don't like it. I'm not so thankful for the trial. And I say, I understand. I understand that. Uh, again, not a new revelation coming right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells you the ticket, the method, the system by which you can be thankful in everything. You mean I should be thankful in a divorce proceeding? I should be thankful that my brother is a drug addict? I should be thankful that I'm going bankrupt? I should be thankful that these terrible things are happening? Or that I should be thankful that I can't sleep? No, I think you should read Romans 8, 28 with me and respond to this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So I think the answer is, can you be thankful in all those things? Yes. For going through a divorce? No. But that God is going to work into your lives good things through this process? Absolutely. If you don't believe that God is going to work things that are good into your lives in your trial, you don't believe anything he says. Because one of the greatest premises that Jesus laid down is, and I, and I caught this just earlier this week, let not your hearts be troubled. There will be trouble in the world. I've overcome the world. It's like, but Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, as though we had a choice. We do. We do. And we should be thankful in all of it while we're going through for the actual drug addiction. No, but that God's not going to give up on the person. He's going to work good out of it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next trivia question. Not a trick question. Is that, can, can I, I mean, we don't have an unhorn. 
So I don't know what else to do. You can't unhorn it. I don't know how to, I don't even know what that means. Uh, true or false, Reuben was the son of Leah and Jacob. True or false? Yeah, there you go. That simple. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Uh, okay, so I told you guys to be praying for Noel because she's got the big flowery thingy coming up. And you think, well, Dave, this is the, what is this, the 21st of January. Uh, Dave, uh, the Valentine's Day is not till the 14th. <laughs> That's my comment. <laughs> They're already looking at Easter. Okay, so it's just... Just calm down. That's how that works. It's like you're thinking, really? Yes. No, really. You should talk to people that order prior. It's like because they have to order. Trucks have to come in. It's like a it's like a, a system, I guess. Anyway, uh, so let's pray for her. I'd appreciate that. Uh, I have what I would consider. This is not a joke. It's just a cool uh, saying kind of story. Okay? So we're going to just this one time. Because I have five other jokes for next week. We're going to skip the jokey part just to catch the wit and wisdom of this little thing I came across. Ready? Ready? Okay. <laughs> Captain Chris is folding his hands. <laughs> I'm not sure that's good. All right. I think he'll we'll get an approval on this. Here we go. One Sunday morning at a small southern church, the new pastor called on one of his older deacons to lead in the opening prayer. The deacon stood up bowed his head and said, Lord, I hate buttermilk. The pastor opened one eye and wondered where this was going. The deacon continued, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was totally perplexed. The deacon continued, Lord, I ain't too crazy about plain flour. But after you mix them all together and bake them in a hot oven, I just love biscuits. Lord, help us to realize when life gets hard, when things come up that we don't like, whenever we don't understand what you're doing, that we need to wait and see what you are making. After you get through mixing and baking, it probably will be something even better than biscuits. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a good one, huh? I like that. That's a pretty good story. All right. I'll give that props, right? Do we have like a golf clap? I know how to do a golf. Ready? That's like a golf clap. Because yeah? you can't really. <laughs> we now have added golf clap to things. Uh, okay, back to the trivia question. Just keep in mind that Kevin Chris pushing buttons, doing all that stuff all day. This is his mental break as well. You know, you have to think of it that way. True or false, Reuben was the son of Leah and Jacob. For those that are trying to figure it out, Genesis 29. I mean, I'm, I'm giving you everything I can on this. Let's go into this next uh, text. By the way, if you do want to uh, reach out to us, 972-445-0770, on the text, and then he must, david at he must increase.org. Uh, if you want to email, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Here's what it says. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 
So one of the things that is a difficulty uh, for pastors, I know this, being a pastor, having been a pastor, knowing many, many pastors very, very well, it's hard sometimes because you want to you want to talk about grace. You want to make sure you do a, an effective job communicating the power of grace. Then you also want to make sure people are like aware, hey, look, that because you have grace, it doesn't give you the right to be licentious. It doesn't give you a right to abuse the grace. Uh, something we used to say back in the day is, look, it's not about greasy grace. It's not about, you know, I, I get grace so I can sin. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 it doesn't. That's not how that works, okay? Now, I want you to understand something about this. This is all about the ministry that you're going to bring to people, this is an amazing element because what we do in our society is we take 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 and we put them together in our churches, and don't tell me your church doesn't do it. Yes, they do. And they say, these are the qualifications for somebody to be a minister. The irony behind that is that the both the epistles were written to two different situations having nothing to do with each other and should never have been mixed. That's just lousy approaching to exegetical uh uh, theology. the The problem is that that's not those qualifications. While they're standards, that's not what makes somebody a really competent minister. You know what makes somebody a competent minister? God. That's who makes somebody a competent minister. God took that guy who was in the the tombs, and after he cast the spirit out of them, God then said, through you know, Jesus then said, I want you to go to class 101, 102, get a tie, shave, go take a shower, make sure you get brush your teeth and use mouthwash, and then go tell people about me. Or Jesus said, go tell people. It's like the guy just had a spirit in it. Could you imagine our church today if somebody had a spirit cast out of them and then the Lord said, go tell people, and the guy or the gal was going to tell people? The church would be like, stop talking. You're not, you're not representing. I mean, the church would freak out. But not God. God is the competency for all of us. The Greek word for competence is hikanu, hikanu. And it means to make sufficient, to render fit, to equip one with adequate power to perform the duties that are required. And we are ministers, and a minister is a servant, and God gives us that competency. Our competency is from God, and it's of the new covenant, not the old covenant. And a covenant is an agreement. Stop trying to make it really hard. It's not that hard. I make an agreement with you not to do this. Okay. Now I make this agreement to do it. Okay. That's the newer agreement. Got it. Okay. That's what it is. So now we have a new agreement. Why? Because we couldn't keep the old agreement. Why? Because we're lame. <laughs> That's why. And so God makes it very clear in Galatians 3, the old one was to show you you would never be able to do it without me. Okay, got it. We are dumb. We need God's help. And the Lord makes us the competent one. So when you do something really good in ministry, pray for people, talk to people, share with people, whatever, it's awesome that you get to participate, but you wouldn't do it without the help of God. It's like, no, no, no. It's not going to happen. And you can't do it by the letter, because the letter of the law is a death knell. You're just not going to be able to reach the qualifications. In fact, the new covenant is in the blood of Jesus, based on grace. And it's not that the old covenant was bad. It just demonstrated that we needed grace. And it's a, what we would call a dynamic covenant. 
And what's important about that is the Spirit gives life. Want to hear something funny about the word life? The Spirit gives life. Remember earlier today we were talking about the Word of God is living? Uh, same word. <laughs> Remember when Jesus said, I am alive? Same word. Oh, okay, wait. This is getting to be, it's like intertwined. Uh-huh. That's how it is. Because you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are a competent minister of the new covenant. You are not the elder in your church, unless you're an elder in your church. You are not this. You're not, maybe you're not the pastor. Maybe you're not the supposed to be. But you are still a minister. And in fact, real ministry has always been to the body. The people are the ministers. Ephesians chapter 4, 12, and 13 teach us that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are there to equip the saints for ministry, which means that the ministry is not the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers are there to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's you, me, everybody else. Their job is to give us whatever tools are helpful and insights that are helpful and connections that are helpful and help us draw closer to the Lord so that we can go do what the Lord wants us to do. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you don't need uh, you don't need a doctorate to be a minister. I've been ministering for 40-plus years. I'm now getting a doctorate. <laughs> it's like so funny if you think about it. Everything God's done to me has been backwards. <laughs> Everything. So, you know, you got to believe in order to see. You got to die in order to live. You got to give in order to receive. Just like that, right? You got to do it all and then get an education. Yes, Lord. <laughs> That's all I can say. The idea behind this is that you are competent. And you are qualified, right? A minister is what? And Steve brings this up again. We mentioned it earlier. A minister is a servant. And that's what the Lord's looking for. The Lord doesn't, there's no superstars in the kingdom of God. There's only one star, period. And it's Jesus Christ. And everybody else is just in the supporting role. Just think of it that way. It's a play, but it's a fun one. All right. Uh, trivia question. True or false? We're in trivia, right? True or false? Reuben was the son of Leah and Jacob. The answer is true. Genesis chapter 29, verse 32. See, I told you it wasn't a trick question. If it was a trick question, we would have played the horn, and then you would have known ahead of time. Okay? All right. Okay, folks, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us 
as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What can you do? Well, you, you recognize as your brother that just hearing you say that I hoodwinked you is, of course, satisfaction for me alone. So it's not like I need something beyond that. I think that works for me. And it's on the air and it's recorded. Back to the dust with these. The David Spoon Experience. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media, and on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section, and it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. Very interesting, semi-challenging question. How many of David's brothers are named at their meeting with King Saul? Ooh. That's not a trick question. <laughs> how many of David's brothers, not my brothers, how many of King David's <laughs> Billy. No, no, that's not the right answer. How many of King how many of David's brothers before he was king are named at their meeting with King Saul? Ooh. Aren't we sneaky? You know, that's from the Flintstones, just to let you know. Did you know that? No? Hmm. Aren't we sneaky? Okay. Anyway, uh, also the anniversary song. Happy anniversary. That's a classic. Anyhow, uh, backing up there. So how many of David's brothers, Eric got it right away, very impressive, are named at their meeting 
with King Saul. If you think you know that answer, there's a couple ways to get a hold of us. You can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email to David at hemustincrease.org. Which leads us to the website directive, and the reason that we tell you about that's not complex. Next week, actually, I think it's a week from yesterday, is rent. <laughs> right? Radio rent. That's all I'm going to tell you. Radio rent. Get it? Awesome. Uh, so if you want to participate and help us, that'd be great. You know, if you do, you only get, uh, you don't get anything special. We don't send you a bagel, although that might, might, might be nice. But we don't. Uh, you get a receipt at the end of the year. Which, speaking of which, everybody who gave should have received a receipt. If you did not, reach out to me and let me know. Uh, again, prayer requests and praise reports are there on the website. You can fill out the information on a very inexpensive little form. Nobody gets the information. We don't sell it. We don't do anything with it. We don't sit there and go, ooh, let's put that on the Internet. We don't do any of that stuff. But if you want to invest, you want to do praise report or prayer request, go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. You know, I I, I got to say, I'm hoping that doesn't apply to the show. Confused about what's going on right now? Not that I hear it. It's like, whoa. Uh, let's do our history. Let's go do that real quickly. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right. Now, uh, a couple things to tell you. Today is sweatpants day. Oh, I didn't get the memo. I'm wearing jeans. Yeah. Uh, see? And then it's national hug day. Nah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's good. I mean, you know, this is not putting them together. Squirrel Appreciation Day. <laughs> Are there very many squirrels in your life that you really appreciate? Well, there's that one, but. <laughs> All right. And then I thought this is great. And I did this last year. Uh, Aunt Deb doesn't like this. I'm just telling you ahead of time. But it's also One Liners Day. Okay, and that's like I know you are, but what am I? I mean, that's you know, that's like one of the great one-liners. One of the lines I use for people that are just really super duper, duper 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 anti-Jesus and rude, rude, rude. I'm just telling you right now. I've used this before. I'm sorry that God didn't choose you. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> That's right. That's a one-liner. Uh, on this day in 1911, the first Monte Carlo rally took place. Uh, also on this day in 1954, the first nuclear-powered submarine, the USS Nautilus, was launched. I thought this was very discouraging, and I'm just going to bring it up real quickly. 1930, Pluto, photos of the dwarf planet Pluto are taken at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, later the, the planet was declassified, but I had a church in Flagstaff, Arizona. I've prayed at the Lowell Observatory before. It's a little creepy, to be really honest. Uh, but declassifying it pretty much tells all of us who did science projects, your age just went to a B. I do not appreciate that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to crumple that piece of paper up and just move on, right? <laughs> There's nine planets. No, 
there's eight. Okay, there's eight and a fourth. Never mind. Uh, how many of David's brothers are named in their meeting with Saul? There is a specific number and answer. If you do not know that, we will let you know that. If you want to reach out to us, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Do we cover everything? Everything? Everywhere? Okay. This DDD, for those that don't know what a DDD is, it's a devotional diamond of the day. And you think, well, what is that? What is a DDD, devotional diamond of the day? And that means that when I'm doing my devotions, some things kind of like go bing, and I go, ooh, and then I write down some notes. And then I share them with you, and some of them are good, and some of them are okay. Some are really, really good. Some are really, really bad. Anyway, this one's called What Makes the Difference? Matthew 25, 20 through 26. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, he and and he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, "Master, you delivered me two talents. Here I have made two talents more." His master said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." Hmm, cool. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here is, here you have what is yours. Older version. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have scattered no seed. Uh, let's just talk about this in a kind of a simplistic breakdown. I would try to keep it as easy as possible. Uh, talent, technically, at that time, even though this is a parable and it's not necessarily like an exact exchange or anything, but basically a talent was about 20 years of wages. So you get an idea. That's a lot of dough. Yeah, that's a lot of dough. So the initial give out was five, two, and one. Right? One guy got five. Another, another guy got two. Another guy got one. The return was 10, 4, and 1. <laughs> so the 5, 2, and 1 went out. 10, 4, and 1 came back. All right? So the difference between the two or the, the two who had done something and the one that didn't is straightforward. The ones that did something were utilizing their talents, and the one that didn't do something was insulting and fearful the good and faithful servants they were active and the wicked and slothful servant was not and in fact when asked or called on the carpet that in the story he insults his master which is like i don't know that just doesn't seem like a brilliant idea uh, you know, I mean, here's, you know, I knew you're a hard man, insult one, reaping where you did not sow, two, and gathering where you've scattered no seed, three. Three insults before he gets to him and goes, yeah, I didn't do anything with what you gave me. <laughs> it's like, wow. So the difference between these two, you can, you know, jump into the stories and do what you want with them. That's fine. But there's a difference. There's the two that did something and the one that did nothing. 
And the bottom line to the story is don't be someone that does nothing. Do something. And you think, well, you know, Dave, I, I would like to get involved in, in some forms of ministry. I promise you, if you ask your pastor, church leaders, whatever, I'd like to do something to help the church or to be in service in the ministry, I promise you they'll find you something. I can almost I can almost just I can't say I'd bet you on it, but I can simply say there's plenty to do and plenty of activity. So we need to be people that do something, not nothing. Now, something can be being in a prayer ministry, being a person who's like, again, a giving ministry, being serving, helping clean up. You know, one of the hardest things to get people to do is clean up after service. It's like the weirdest thing. And you don't think much about it, but guess what? The sanctuary has to be cleaned if you have multiple services because people leave trash. You think, why? Because people are not always as thoughtful as they need to be. So it gets it needs to get cleaned up. Bulletins need to be passed out. Offering baskets need to go out. It's all of that. Okay, and I will say, offering baskets is it's like it's reserved for the deacons. Why? That's silly. Let's engage everybody. That would be the way to do it. And the idea behind this is that we all participate. Remember, I spent five minutes and two segments ago standing on my soapbox saying we are all ministers. We are all servants. The church that you're functioning in needs to see that too. Ministry is not for a privileged few. It's for everybody, continually. And by the way, you're never out of the game, okay? Moses was 80 when he started his ministry, and he went till he was 120. So his ministry, his actual good ministry, was the last third of his life. Just think of that, okay? All right. How many of David's brothers are named at the meeting with Saul? The answer is three. Three of his brothers, that's right, I can just read it. Three of his brothers are named in the meeting with Saul. They're the ones that got mad at him because they thought he was you know, being a little brat. Boy, were they wrong. Anyway, all right, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable, but then the show starts and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? These are church signs. Now, some of these are okay, but some of these are funny. So, uh, and, and we let uh, terrific TV, the ultimate uh, decision maker. Here it is. There's uh, 10 signs. We'll do them real fast. The first one, free trip. This on a church. Free trip to heaven. Details inside. Okay. Not bad, right? Not bad. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Here's the next one. Try our Sundays. They're better than Baskin Robbins. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Uh, this is funny because you got to hear it as I do it. Searching for a new look? Have your faith lifted here. <laughs> Instead of face lifted? Come on. All right. Uh, an ad for a church uh, with a picture of somebody holding two stone tablets where the Ten Commandments are, and it says, for fast, fast, fast relief, take two tablets. <laughs> Okay, I'm not even going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, the restaurant next to the church put out a big sign that says "Open Sundays." Uh, that's not a good one. Just skip that one altogether. Uh, having okay, having trouble sleeping? We have sermons. Come on in and hear. <laughs> uh, come in and pray today. Beat the Christmas rush. <laughs> Always going Christmas. (laughs) All right. Uh, This was on a sign in front of a church. Sign broken. Message inside this Sunday. (laughs) They're saying the sign is broken. All right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Come work for the Lord. The work is hard. The hours are long, and the pay is low. But the retirement benefits are out of this world. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. And then uh, finally, if you're headed in the wrong direction, God allows U-turns. U turns. Hey, 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 hey. Not bad. All right? That's all right. right. It's pretty good. A little funnier than the clown ones. Yeah. A little funnier than the clown ones. I have to think that Try Our Sundays are better than Basket Robbins. That's a good one. <laughs> That's what I'm like. Okay. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your final yet difficult trivia question. Which Old Testament figure buried his wife in the field of Machpelah at Mamre? Which Old Testament figure buried his wife in the field of Machpelah near memory? Which uh, Old Testament figure? Are you going to think Genesis, 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 Genesis? Think Genesis. Think Genesis. Think Genesis. Thank you. If you think you know the answer to that, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email David at he must increase.org. We do have somebody on the phone. Are they ready? They're ready? Yeah? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, Shabbat Shalom, David. Hi, Samson. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good. Turn your radio down just a little. I can hear just a little feedback, so just make sure it's down. All right, my friend. Here's a classic, classic question. Which Old Testament figure buried his wife in the field of Machpelah near memory? Hello? Well, I, I think that was Isaac's mom. Uh, so, so, so who, whose wife? Uh, that's Isaac's dad. That's me? <laughs> Abraham. Abraham! That was good. <laughs> You're so funny. It's like I'm not giving you the direct answer, Dave. I'm going to the side on this. You're going to have to follow me. <laughs> I was playing trivia or trivia. <laughs> How you been doing, brother? How are things going for you? Well, actually, uh, last whole week I was under the weather, like having fever and uh, all the stuff. But thank God, now I'm getting better. 
Okay, getting better. And how is how's the family overall? Your family, how are you doing? Oh, we are okay. Yeah, just pray that uh, my work, like in the, some of my paycheck, been cut off. So, like that's caused a little stress. Yeah, yeah. I can feel that. Yeah. I know that pain well. Well, let me pray yeah. for you. Let me pray for you. I'm going to ask the Lord to really bless you. Okay. So sure. let me pray for you. Father, I just lift up my brother to you. And you know what, Lord? He's been going through a lot of up and down. And most of the people in the audience know they've been with us through this process and been there trying to be a blessing. And we're trying to offer our faith before you. I ask that you would pour out a blessing of unexpected resources into his life and that he would just find this great moment where he knows this is by the hand of God, and that he would be able to testify to that, not just for health for his family, for all the people in his family. We do pray for that, but I just pray you would send a wonderful blessing his direction, that he would receive that, bless that, and testify to that, to the glory of your name. We just ask by the power and authority and the name of Jesus Christ to pour out your graciousness on our brother in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. amen. Hey, David, I know you're a man, man of wisdom. I need a little help. Like, there is something is bugging me, and I'm trying to get rid of that thing, but that keep coming into my mind. Okay. So what would be your advice? For something that keeps coming into your mind? Yes, and I don't want to deal with that. I mean, deal not in a bad way, but in a yeah. positive way to yeah. just... I got here. Here's what I do when I get to a situation where I have excessive, repetitive things going on. I know it's a little bit of my flesh. It's a little bit of warfare, and it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I come before the Lord and I say, "Help me get my thoughts clear," because I cannot seem to to. I just tell God exactly what's going on, because I just found out that the most honest way to get God to get involved in my struggle is to tell Him. And just say, hey, it's not that he's not involved, but I can't do it. I can't do some of the things that I'm supposed to do, or I fall short in doing it. And instead of condemning myself, I throw myself not just in the mercy of the court, I throw myself into the power of God and say, it's got to be you, because if you don't do it, it ain't getting done. Yeah. That's what I do. And, Good. And, and Good that, advice. That Thank really you, works for me. It really helps me understand this is a walk of grace, a walk of faith, and a walk by his hands. Yeah. Good. Thank you, brother. All right. God bless you, my bro. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so we only have a little bit of time, so I want to make sure. So, uh, so, all right, so we got everything done, that done, that done. Uh, don't forget, rent, radio rent. Okay, anyway. I'm going to come up with a way to say that. Radio Rent. Anyway, uh, I've taught on this before on this show, but I wanted to bring it up, and it just seems like a perfect fitting to the end of everything we've been talking about. Uh, the king asked, is there anyone left of Saul's family I can show kindness of the kindness of God to? Ziba said to the king, there is still Jonathan's son, who's lame in both feet. The king asked him, where is he? Ziba answered the king, you'll find him in Lodabar at the house of Makir, son of Maal. So King David had him brought from the house of Makir, son of Emil, and Lodabar. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David, bowed down to the ground, paid homage. David said, Mephibosheth, I am your, he said, I am your servant, Lord. Don't be afraid. 
David said to him, since I intend to show you kindness because of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields, and you will always eat meals with me at my table. I want you to understand, and I know you know this, and you've heard the fill, and it's not like a news story, but I want you to keep this fresh in mind, especially in lieu of how this show has gone, and in particularly how each segment seems to have built on one another, that in many ways you and I are lame in both feet. Just talking to uh, brothers and sisters and just even hearing Samson just now, it's like we get to this point where it's like, I just, I can't, do, I'm not standing on this. I'm not able to stand. He, Mephibosheth, was going to be blessed because of the relationship to King David from somebody else. So I want you to catch that principle. David was going to bless Mephibosheth because of his relationship with John Jonathan. God blesses us because of his connection to Jesus and our connection to Jesus. And it's just like just that secondary relationship is what is used as the foundation. And the first thing David tells him, I think something we all need to be aware of, is he, he tells him not to fear. And maybe you and I, even though we struggle and go through some ups and downs, maybe we should remember that fearing is not a great place of, of faith activity and that it takes away from faith. It, it, it kind of sucks the faith out of the room kind of idea. And you just don't want to give fear the place to have so much strength in your life. And then we should understand this second principle, which is equally important, and that is the intentions. The intentions of King David to Mephibosheth was kindness. And that's the intention of God to you and I. Like that story we told, you put a bunch in and you mix it all together. It's not really great independently, but when it comes out biscuits, you're like, okay, <laughs> that's good to me. And so the idea behind this is to understand that what's going to be cooking from the Lord is something better than biscuits. And it's like you've got to have an, an understanding or a belief or a confidence or a faith that the kindness of God prevails. Keep in mind that kindness is, in fact, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you're not aware of this or not, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. So that's a fruit or characteristics characteristic of God. So that's just what he's working in our lives, but it's what he has. And then the last thing is the coolest thing, because I'm the I'm the relationship guy. You know, I mean, I'm much more. I think I'm much more like I. I hope I am. Like we're both, we're all lame in both feet. We're being blessed because of a relationship of another. We're told not to be afraid. We need to understand that there's kindness in the intent of God. And that we will always be eating at the king's table. Now, that doesn't mean when you eat at the king's table, you don't drip a little soup or chicken on your pants. You know, I'm not saying that. That happens. It happens. But David didn't say, you will always eat at my table as long as you don't annoy me. That's not what he said. He said, you will always eat your meals at my table. And I think we forget, not not because we're trying to, but we, we forget. And there's this part of you that 
you know you're a sinner. And maybe it's the Holy Spirit that's really been working on people and just saying, hey, I just want you to understand this is by grace. I'm going to help you understand that by magnifying how much by grace it is. That's fine. Then you can grow in grace. That's a great thing. But we're lame in both feet. We're blessed because of an, a, 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 a secondary relationship, so to speak. We're told not to be afraid. We need to understand the intention of God is kindness. And that we're always going to eat at his table because he loves us. So all the stuff that the Lord allows, and, and I, I, I speak this way, and whenever we get to this point, we always get to, it's kind of like, I don't want it to be soulish, you know, kind of like, ooh, feely, feely. But I want to be real about it. And the real part about it is, I don't understand everything he's doing. And you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't send me a letter saying I'm doing this. That never happens, except for, you know, the book, the Bible. <laughs> That's the letter, so to speak. You know, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, love God. That's the letter, okay? But there's a trust or a confidence in the goodness of God. And that's what we have to have. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the, the key. The God you serve loves you. Never bail on you. Never dump you. Chose you knowing everything about you. And by the way, he is the smartest being ever. So thinking he made a bad choice is just dumb on our part. All right, good week, good show. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 92-and-a-half-hour, 72-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Who knows when a broken heart will mend? The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.